You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, the national TV game is over. The Oklahoma City Thunder defeated the Indiana Pacers 100-95 in Baker's Live Fieldhouse in a rare Pacers game that was defensive-minded on both sides of the ball. Uh, and here to recap that game with me, my co-host, studying for finals right now, Adam Friedman. How are you doing, Tony? I'm not studying, so a lot better than you. Yeah, so you went to the game. How 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 was it? <laughs> Great atmosphere. Most filled up uh, Banker's life has been this season, even more than LeBron. It was really cool. Uh, and the Pacers, you know, they, they were in it the whole time. You know, they, they showed up on defense more than I thought they would, but, you know, they could not keep uh, anyone off the glass at all. And I think that was really our downfall on this one. Are we sure that just because Oklahoma City is like the most predictable offensive team? <laughs> like literally, they were talking about it during the game on the TV. Uh, they run like, it's basically just like Russ, Russ Westbrook ISO, Carmelo ISO, Paul George ISO, and Stephen Adams get, get, get a rebound and put it in. And then, you know, off the bench, they run a couple different things a little more, but when those three guys are in, it's like the same thing over and over again. Well, their bench was good. Their bench was like they had some. Everyone was plus on their bench, and then (laughs) bench played pretty bad. Did you know the only minus on the Thunder this game was Paul George? Uh, (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) I know. Um, Yeah, their bench. They had Terrence Ferguson was plus nine in nine minutes. I mean, you could tell they were running more sets because the guy next to me at the game kept yelling like, "All right, like this is the lineup we have to beat," and then they wouldn't do it. So, uh, you you they ran sets with the bench. Patterson probably had his best game of the season. Yeah, Patterson. I mean, he, he had two threes that basically kind of sealed the game. I mean, they didn't like steal at the moment, but it put them up by like nine, pushed the nine every time, which was huge because the Pacers were kind of doing that thing they did against the Nuggets where they get a little bit of momentum and then they lose it. And they, they almost carried them into the end, but they didn't quite carry it all the way. But Well, what was going on with Patterson is that was what the Thunder tried to get every possession, right? Like George, that was George in the bench unit, and George would beat whoever was guarding him off the dribble, and then they would send help over, and then the rotation would come under the basket, and Patrick Patterson would be wide open in the corner. And George had two actually pretty nice passes to his credit that he just whipped it over to him in the corner, and he nailed them both. And, yeah, those were huge in the fourth. That stretched the lead to, like, nine or eight, I remember. It was, like, 89-81, I think, after he hit the second one. So that was that was I think, it in the fourth. I think one of them was 90-95-85, to 95, uh, 85, which was big. That's right, that's right, yeah. But a couple other things I just noticed was, one, Russell Westbrook is just not as offensively dominant as he was last year. In this game, he just didn't – maybe doesn't take over anymore because that's the way he plays, but he seems much more passive. And Carmelo is just not not anywhere near a player that he used to be. I mean, he, he can shoot and make a couple big shots, but he's not – like, defensively, they switched every time the guy on to get Oladipo on Carmelo, and Carmelo overall offensively wasn't a great night. That did a good job on Carmelo, especially on that end of the floor – the big three for them combined 10 of 45. That's atrocious. Uh, and yeah, you were right about Westbrook. He was definitely deferring more. And uh, like Snotty said on the preview pod, he doesn't have like that explosiveness anymore. And he was only three for 17. He really struggled in this one. Pretty much everyone uh, on the starting lineup struggled for the Thunder, except Steven Adams, who was just unstoppable. 23 points and 13 rebounds. And nine of his rebounds were on the offensive end. And Turner just could not get a butt on him at all on the glass. Yeah, and if you just just look at the boss score purely, you think, how did the Pacers not win this game? Just like you think about it, the big three made a combined 10 freaking shots, and the Pacers didn't win this game because they let Steven Adams, who, granted, some of their D let Steven Adams get open because a lot of it was 
uh, Turner come over to help guys when they went to Westport to the rim, stuff like that. But still, they Stephen Adams looked like I mean, this compared to other players, he looked like twice the size of any other player out there. I mean, he is he just keeps destroying them throughout the like mainly the first half, and then he just I don't know I don't know how they let him let him do that to be honest. Yeah, everyone was hitting the glass. Like Russ had seventeen. It's that's crazy that a guard can lead a game in rebounds. Like no one on the Thad had ten, and then the next highest on the Pacers was Lance. Like the big guys were just awful on the glass in this but game. Stephen Adams had nine offensive effing rebounds. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's terrible. I mean, the Pacers had actually nine of their own as a team, but Adams alone had nine, and I guarantee half of those went for putbacks. I mean, that's he was like they just had no option. Like I mean. Literally consistently up and down the court, Westbrook, Anthony George were just bricking shots, but just they were falling right in Adam's hands. You'd dunk them right in. Like, it's just, this was like the typical way the Pacers have lost. Like, we thought it would catch them eventually where they just can't box out guys. And this was the game where it finally caught up because they didn't shoot incredibly well from three overall. So it finally caught up to the fact that they couldn't box out guys in the offensive end. Yeah, I just learned this from my brother-in-law who went, went to the game with uh, the Pacers shooting under 40% from three this season. They're three and 11. Well, yeah. And that interesting? I didn't know that. I mean, it it seems obvious. This team, it was obvious by the way. I mean, they do. I mean, Oladipo probably took, what, five pull-up threes, and he hit none of them? Yeah, he was, uh, what was he from three? One of nine, yikes. Which, you know, he had an awesome game on Sunday, so that kind of makes up for it. And I, I mean, we can talk about it all you want, but this they came out flat. It was it was a big game, kind of playoff-like atmosphere described, and they came out a little flat because they haven't played a game like this yet this year. They haven't played a team, you know, on ESPN. It was a, just you know, all the media there. It's just, it was a different atmosphere, which, you know, you're going to have to get used to playing some of these games. They want to be considered one of the better teams in the East Conference at least, but this was just kind of the first time they really got to feel that for that real atmosphere. And they actually, you know, on the hindsight, they, they almost won the game. They came back. Like they didn't, they didn't choke up late or anything, you know, except on that inbounds play, but they pushed their way back into it. Almost had at least almost had one chance to win it. Yeah. Let's talk about that inbounds play and that come back down the end, just because, you know, there's a lot to dissect. First of all, uh, I'm going to defer to you here. Uh, I still haven't had a chance to watch any of the broadcast. Uh, I don't understand how they flipped that charge call. Uh, and I was there, and I and I thought it was a charge live for Thad Young. How did they How did they reverse that? What's the ruling on that? So I think what they said, they went back and reviewed it, and they reviewed the guy was still moving somehow. It wasn't really – they didn't really explain it that well. Uh, they had actually had the ref come talk to Doris Burke. So they watched on TV for the end of the game like in the last minute to tell what happened. Cause I, we were all confused. You know, I was confused sitting on my couch. I was like, didn't they call a charge call? Why is that shooting two free throws? Cause I kind of went up to get some food and came back, sit down and realized that they were shooting free throws. I was really kind of confused by it, but apparently they can review those in under two minutes and they reviewed it. And so the guy was moving and Thad should have made the second free throw. And that's, that was big too. Cause he had been jawing at Carmelo and Carmelo went yeah. one for two on the other end. And that it's disappointed. He had that, that should have made that free throw. So Carmelo, uh, we'll recap the end, I guess, possession by possession. Carmelo goes one for two. They go up by four, I believe. Uh, Oladipo hits a tough layup to cut it to two. They get a stop, uh, I think, on a turnover. They come down, and then that sad thing happens. He only makes one. Then uh, Russell Westbrook, I think, gets fouled on a rebound. Uh, they get free throws. No, who hit the free throws? No, 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 no. The end of the game play was Russ went to the rim, missed the shot, didn't hit the rim. Abrinus, Abrinus. That's Abrinus what tipped it in because yeah. Turner missed, jumped it. So Turner yeah. jumped before it, it went over him. And by the time he got tried to jump back up, Abrinus was already that's in. Right. And it was like with 0.37 left. It was, you know, it was a really good actually defensive possession by the Pacers, which is disappointing because it was kind of a antithesis of what happened all night where they got out rebound. 
Yeah, I, and you know they're down. They're down three. All of a sudden, I completely forgot about that tip, and they reviewed it for forever for some reason, even though it was pretty obviously on time. And then they come down, and they have a sideline out of bounds play, and the design was Victor inbounding and Bojan coming off staggered screens to the top of the key, and then Darren Collison as a dummy fading to the far corner, and the Thunder completely shut it down. And I was I was talking to my brother, and I said, "All right, here's the play they're going to run," and they ran exactly what I said they would. And the fact that I knew from the stands and from watching this team before means Billy Donovan totally knew. So the Thunder were completely prepared for the play. They shut it down, and Victor, to avoid the five-second call, to throw it to Thad, and he got it into him, but uh, Carmelo was all over him, and then he couldn't get the ball back to Victor, and they turned it over, and that was it. Uh, Paul George hit two free throws after getting yes. back. So what happened, too, was the Thunder also made an adjustment where they put Westbrook on Thad Young and put Carmelo on Darren Collison. That's right, that's right. Just just to make – so Pacers all night have basically just been doing this. Paul George, they bring Thad, Thad picks PG, and – uh, they get the switch, and then it's just Oladipo against Carmelo, and it's just he's just killing him. He's killing him all night. I mean, that's finally when they got off his goal when they finally just started running that over and over again. Kind of the same way they ran that. They would do it against Fareed on Sunday. Yeah, it was just running that same play over and over again. A lot of people beat him to the rim or whatever. But this that's time, how they were able to get close enough to tie it with the fast free throws, even like that. Which if that was their play, which they should have done, was try to get Thad the ball at the top of the key, let him set a pick for Oladipo coming off out of bounds, and then let Oladipo just pull him three. That should have been the play play call but whatever they did it didn't work only was forced to throw in they still had a timeout Nate McMillan should have saw it failed and called it his last time out right away but of course he didn't because who knows the f why he didn't call it right away but he should have and if he did he reset the play again and you run a better out of bounds play so it was just a mess at the end it was it was very disappointing um you know they were in it the whole time they were never really leading so it's not like I no but they had momentum they had 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 enough momentum that you kind of we're hopeful something could happen. Really disappointing. Yeah, and we've Turner seen it. Had, uh, Turner had six points in the first four minutes and finished with nine. His night was very odd. On Turner offense, looks, Turner, Turner got destroyed by Stephen Adams, and Stephen Adams was, ate him up in this game. As Snotty also really predicted. Bad. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Lee Dobbin just looked at it and it's like, who cares how we shoot from the outside? Just Stephen Adams stay in the center in the lane and box him out, Turner, because he stinks at it, which he has all year in the, his in the paint. You know. It's just that's the kind of weak point of this Pacers team. We thought it was their three and D defending, which really wasn't that bad. It's the fact they don't have any post, really good post defenders. You know, they have Turner who can make blocks at the rim, but what else can he really do? He's not really like a good one on one post defender, and that's really killing this team right now because they have Sabonis who can kind of do it, but he's not quite big enough to really box out a guy like Adams consistently. So that's kind of the weak point of this moment. Yeah, and uh, you know, Sabonis wasn't great protecting the pain either and i think for turner it's more of his lateral movement we know he's athletic enough but you just got to be side to side a little quicker to protect the pain effectively he was go ahead i think he's not he's not big enough yet either i mean you know i, I don't want to knock the guy he's third year so like he's not supposed to be you know steve has been in the league four or five maybe six years now i'm trying to remember how many years it's been you think he was a 2011 or 12 years. Pick, so, so six years so he's just not the, he's just not big enough yet hopefully he gets bigger because i mean turns 21 so he'll probably get bigger but he just needs to put on a ton more muscle to be able to body out a guy like Adam because Adam's just had his way with him. You even just like I don't know how you saw from your view, but it just Stephen Adams looked just like amazing, much <laughs> like it looked like the biggest player on the floor. Even before you started making all his plays, you're like Stephen Adams is like his, like just muscle wise is like twice the size of Turner's arms. Like that just it's just it's just hard to you know what I mean. He it just Turner needs to get more muscle on him for able to compete with a guy like Adams who's just like a down low on the block, just tough center. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about from this game before we talk about Oladipo and Paul George's nights? Um, you know, 
people were praising. I'm gonna talk about one more thing. Uh, people were praising Thad and for having a pretty good game, which he had. He made a, some really nice plays, but there were a couple times where Thad I thought made just dumb plays. I don't want to. There's just one play in particular where they had a fast break, and Thad Young has got they got two on one with Old Depot trailing by Thad, and Thad somehow decides to go by himself, reverse oh, yeah. lane, reverse that in. Oh, I was thinking he he makes the pass to Old Depot, Old Depot dunks that. Or, you know, you throw it back and forth. And that was kind of a point, too, where they were – it was – I can't remember whether it was either they were down by a lot and would have cut it to two or they were kind of pushing the lead. It was just one of those moments where if they make that basket, it sort of keeps momentum going, but it sort of killed all momentum, which has been the Patriots' problem. It's just they sort of, like, sometimes can't get a – they get a little momentum and they blow it on some stupid play. I've been off the internet for a while because I couldn't get my uh, phone to work in the, in the stadium. But another Thad Young break is – this is probably hasn't been talked about because of the, the foul call, but remember when he drew that charge, Boyan was wide open in the corner right next to him, and he still went and at the Carlson basket. too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he also just went to the basket, and I was like, oh, no, what was that? But he got the foul call. He's, but he's he don't have too much hero ball. Huh? Oh, I know, I know. It was it was very strange from him. But I, he was okay. I thought he was good on defense in this one. Yeah, no, he was. And, I mean, just in general, too, the Thunder uh, hands were just killing the Pacers all night. Yeah, I mean, the pocket he, passes were not he, there. There was, yeah, they weren't getting anything. I mean, you know, Old Depot's strength is the kind of the the drive-in and twitch pass, you know, throw it over his head, cross his body, nothing. Not a single one that was going his way. I mean, I think, you know, he only finished with – we had four terms is like, terrible, but, I mean – PG was like just, just wouldn't let anybody do anything, and it just makes you realize that like, you know, PG's maybe the best one-on-one defender in this league. He's one of them. I mean, yeah, we've, we forgot about it when, but when he does have to carry an offensive load, he can lock in on D. And so the good thing is that Pitt probably don't play another defender like that in the league the rest of the season. So like, you know, you don't you don't play Holmes again, and PG's one of the best one-on-one defenders. So that's a good thing about Oladipo because he's still at 19, so it's not like he had a terrible night. Yeah, and that's a good transition to talking about Victor Oladipo and Paul George's Knights. But first, let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor today, MyBookie. Uh, holiday cash. You need it now, and you need to know where to get it. And MyBookie is the place to score some serious cash for your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. And while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, there's also a lot of basketball, football, college football, hockey. You know, everything's going on right now. And uh, you got to man up and play like the pros on game days. So you can play the money lines, you can play side bets, you can do totals. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offer super fast payouts when you win. Um, you can join MyBookie now, and we can help you match a deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDONMBA to activate that at checkout. Uh, that's The website is MyBookie.ag. That's MyBookie.ag with the promo code LOCKEDONMBA. Check it out today. You play, you win, you get paid. What could be better? All right, Adam, let's talk about it. Paul George was back. And not only was he back, but he also got booed. Uh, let's listen to those boos that you could hear from my seat itself. So as you can hear, quite the uh, hostile crowd in this one, but uh, did not shoot very well, but he still had a pretty good game because of his defense. Yes, 100%. P, you know, 3 of 14, not a great night, but he had the last laugh. He stole the ball at the end of the game and got the foul call at the two-clunch free throw, so he had, he had the last laugh on this team. Um, he looked like he just, every time he shot the ball, he looked like he just didn't, nothing was going down for him. I don't know whether it was like just getting booed constantly got to him. 
but he clearly looked a little bit just fresher in the offensive end. But the whole Thunder team did so, you know, except for Steve Adams, this whole team was pretty awful. Should you take Adams out, this team finishes what twenty five of seventy two on the field. I mean, that's <laughs> wow. terrible. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That's that's like thirty percent shooting. So, yeah. um, you know, I. But he defensively, he did what he did. Did what he's supposed to do and shut down Oladipo most of the night. Oladipo finally got going late. They just waited too long to get into that that switch with uh, Thad. But you know, PG had a overall. I would say he happy they got a W. And he had a, he had the last laugh, so he's okay. He hit the free throws at the end. The person behind me said clutchest shots he's ever hit in Banker's life, which was pretty funny. But um, yeah, he was. He was uh, great on defense. He has three steals, which he leads the league in steals, and you could see that on display in this game, especially with the clutch one at the end. He was the only non-point guard on the Thunder with more than one assist, uh, and I already talked about those ones where he just bombed it across his body to Patrick Patterson in the corner. Those were really nice. Uh, he made all his free throws, and, yeah, his defense was the big thing. You know, with Robertson out, I thought he was for sure going to guard Oladipo, and that might have been why he was tired and struggling on offense, but he did a he did a good job on Oladipo, who was really struggling. He was under 10 points until the middle of the fourth quarter, so, you know, I'll give Paul George some props for this one. You know, he he was pretty bad shooting the ball, but he did pretty much everything else really well. Yeah, no, we, we hit it in the previous segment, is that PG might be the best one-on-one defender in this league. I mean, he might be one of them. On the wing. Just yeah. pure, on the wing, yeah, on the wing. Not talking, yeah, wing defenders in this league. Right. I mean, we've seen him do it to LeBron in the past. Not that he shut down LeBron, but he was able to stop LeBron a lot better than anybody else has ever been able to do. I mean, he is just really, really good in defensive end, especially when he's not carrying the offensive load. Because, you know, the problem with a lot of, like, having Kawhi, too, when you have to carry the offensive load, you just, it's hard to play 100 locked-in percent defense 100% of the time. But now that he's not really carrying it, he can sort of focus in on D, which I don't know if that's what he wants to be doing long-term, which we can maybe hit about how he's probably still going to Los Angeles. But... It's just when he's locked in on D, he is he is one of the best defenders in this league. Yeah, definitely in this one, especially, you know, I, it's it's weird that he was the only negative player on the Thunder, which I kind of attribute that to that sometimes he was playing just him in the bench units, but the bench units were actually good. So really weird to see, but I thought he played really well in this game and he did a good job on Oladipo, who we should also talk about. I kind of just referenced it, but he was kind of nowhere to be found offensively until the fourth. He only had nine points going into halfway through the, the fourth quarter. The three was not falling like we touched on in the first half, only one for nine. Uh, he was still passing, and, you know, the turnovers, you already talked about the four of them, a lot of those where his pocket pass wasn't there, but he was still, like, making people move when he would drive to the basket at least. So, you know, some things were working for him, but, you know, definitely not his best game against a really strong defender like George. Yeah, and Old Depot, you know, we should all calm down. He had still 19 points, and, yeah, he had a great fourth a great, quarter. Not a great game, but, remember, he had 47 on Sunday, and he played 45 <laughs> minutes, like – you know, in any norm sort of, we say, oh, yeah, he's not going to have a good game on a back-to-back, or not a back-to-back, but on the second game after scoring 47 players. Just don't, it's hard to put up, you know, especially put 33 times in a row. It just doesn't happen to players. And this was, a, you know, not a great night for him. It's the first really awful three-point shooting I think of his season, really, unless you go out to, like, some early games on. I mean, this is the first time, you know, he had one against, he started against Houston, too. So, but overall, I'm sure, you know, they play Detroit on Friday. Right. I'm sure he'll be back to his, to his normal self. I'm not worried about him. Yeah, with all the emotions out of out of them now, you know, I think the team will look more like the team we've seen on Friday. And you know, I we're not like I liked the things that Snotty said too. He said it's not he's not making excuses; he's giving reasons. And you know, the reason Oladipo's game was tough not tough. I mean, we're, we're talking about him because mostly of the narrative of the of the trade here. But you know, being guarded by Paul George is hard, and he still scored 19 points and had an awesome fourth quarter, getting to the rim and scoring and keeping the team in the game. 
So credit to him for, you know, leading that comeback with that unit coming in. He did a great job. Yeah. Aspect. And they didn't do a ton for him to get him open. Right. Like, till the end, you know, they, they could have run some better designs to get him switched and stuff like that. Which well, you said fun. it too, because the, the thing that I think opened up the game most for him was when they stopped sending Turner his way and said, all right, Thad, you set the screens because Carmelo's guarding you. And then he was able to get to the rim because Carmelo is just terrible on defense. Yeah. And, you know, I just, you know, there's also been to say about the national TV game. I think this Pacer team is honestly better playing on the FS on Fox Sports, <laughs> Indiana. You know, let them play every game on that channel, which they do the rest of the year. Because then there's not enough national media attention. Nobody cares. It's like, and they play the, you know, I'm, I'm fine with them, you know, not playing on ESPN because then the all the hype goes away and they play like their normal team because they just came out a little flat because they looked a little nervous. I mean, it's what happens when you play, when you're kind of, the, they're, they're the Cinderella story this year right now. They're the team nobody thought would be good. They're the, probably the, the highest, you know, from expectation-wise, they're probably playing the best of any team above expectations. So there's all this kind of attention on them, especially through the great game on Sunday. So, now they go back to their normal routine. They play a lot of easy teams coming up. They play, I think they play the Nets twice. They play Atlanta another time. Oh, no, after um, uh, sheesh, after this road game or after the game against the Celtics, they have such an easy schedule to close out the year. Yeah, so you know, I I would expect Oladipo to have a couple thirty point games to be honest, based on what they have left in their schedule. And I expect them. I think I was looking at the next ten games. They they should probably, you know, go somewhat seven and three, eight and two kind of the way it looks. And Celtics yeah. are tough. They lose to Detroit once, but there's, you know, they play the bottom of the league. So this team isn't going away is what I'm saying is no matter what, you know, they lost tonight. They're still 16 and 12, probably at the 35, 40 game mark. They'll be 25 and something, or maybe more, you know, between 22 and 25 wins, which is impressive awesome. in itself. Cause we thought that would maybe be their win total, you know, at the end of the season, they're halfway through that. So, you know, let's get off Oladipo for having a, a bad night, you know, Maybe it's first bed end of the season. Oh, I'm not trying to be critical. I just it's it's I, know, I know you're not. I'm talking to everybody else out there who probably yeah. is gonna talk about it. You're not right. it's gonna be talked about because it was on national TV too, right? So Yes. Yes. And but the good thing is PG didn't play that well either, like offensively, so it just kind of both played in the same narrative. So he won't probably get killed that much. He'll probably more help. <laughs> You know, going to be talked about the most is Stephen Adams, so that's good at least. <laughs> well, not the national media. You know, the yeah. national media will just ignore that part and say, "Well, PG scored twelve, and only scored nineteen, so Oladipo had a better." Like, that will be the narrative tomorrow, right. or just this on Thursday, so it'll be the narrative today on ESPN probably if we're talking about the game at all. I don't want to watch ESPN's analysis. Also, I just saw a car crash at my window, and that was super weird. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Other note, and a more less positive note, or medium positive note. <laughs> <laughs> uh you got anything else you want to say from this game or are we uh we good to get out of here um you know i'm trying to think if there's anything else i wanted to hit on i hit on the bad point um stevenson was a little bit crazy but like not uh, terrible actually no, he was a little he was fine um apparently he was holding paul jordan a couple of plays which i thought was just kind of funny in general because I, I would love to have seen stevenson guard his paul buzzer beater at the end of the first quarter was awesome yeah, if he could have figured out how to get his foot on the line a couple of times. He had a couple of shots that were long, too, that ended up being, which was annoying. But, I mean, it's what he does. Um, I, I guess know. another thing I want to say, speaking of buzzer beaters, Corey Joseph was so close in the third to having a nasty play where he uh, got the rebound, pushed it down the left side, ran between two defenders, threw up a, a running floater from like 30 feet from the left wing and nailed it. But it was just after the buzzer. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, this game was – the Patriots were in the entire time until, like, maybe made fourth quarter because they were going to kind of, they were, I won't say kind of extended their league, but then the Pacers came back. So, you know, overall the Pacers, 
it's always the Patriots team we've seen all season. It's just the first time. It's the first time in probably five or six games where they actually didn't close out the game and win. You know, we forget this. This past week, they won like three games on just because they closed out the last two minutes in ways that, you know, you can't do that every night. You just can't. It's just Cavs, Bulls, and Nuggets. Your teams are just aren't that lucky. We talked. We talked about it on Sunday. You were like, when we were off there, you were like, well, you know, this team could be eighteen and whatever. It could be eighteen and ten, or it could have been fourteen and fourteen right now if they didn't win the Bulls and and the Spurs game. Like it's just they've won a lot of close games this past few weeks and they can't you know you can't be lucky that long you just can't be right and and you know they didn't look they they had a good showing on television which we can all be very happy about so uh hopefully hopefully they can uh recover from the national tv hangover for friday against the the struggling detroit pistons who i know we hit it we'll just ask this week remember they're twice on a back-to-back they're played like three games since monday they're gonna have and they've lost now wow they have now lost one seven two. in a row Seven in a row. So this this is a good rebound game for the Pacers. You know, I think you know it's at home too. So they put you know last, they played Detroit tough last time. They barely beat them, and the first time Detroit kind of killed them. So maybe this is the game where. But all people really didn't have much was showing you those games. Maybe he does this time. But what was David Bradley was probably the second best. You know, wing defender in the league. Right. Or one we, of the you know, up there. You know, with the Kawhi's and Georges. We want him here. <laughs> Eventually. Yes, we do. But that's. That's for, for a another future podcast when we talk. Yeah, being a future podcast, um, we will have a preview for that Pistons game and Nets game out tomorrow. The Nets game is on Sunday. Uh, you can follow Adam at FriedmanAdam5. Tweet at him and say, good luck on your final, Adam. You can follow me at TEastNBA. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Pacers. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the game. We hope you have a great Thursday, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>